Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in that glorious fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman. Tara is still off. I'm back with the guy, so I'm actually I'm in the quintessential boys' club right now. I mean, right? Soccer, technically, except in America, it's really a girl. Back club, with right? the guys again. Back with the guys. <laughs> I'm really yeah. a dude anyway. I act like a dude. I talk like a trucker. So uh, with me is Kyle and Autumn from Cedar Valley Soccer Club. Thanks for coming back here. Doing Thank it again. Thank us. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys got good like radio voices there. You I got know. It. Everybody's telling me, Alden, you should be in the radio. He put me to sleep. <laughs> or he could TV. just talk in a whisper and put he me to sleep. He could. You could do like an I'm you thinking could do an about audible. acting even too, guys. <laughs> I think you do. He does tremendous <laughs> yeah. impersonations. Yeah. You know, so here we are. We are in soccer season, so a lot of people listening. You know, there's a lot of people who listen who go to and from. The, the mom taxis are in. You know, the shuttling back and forth, soccer practices. No matter what practice you're going to, so I want to get right to it. Let's talk about playing time, especially when you're in a travel sport, right? Not rec. Rec, I think, has rules that you have to play a certain amount of time, equally correct. So when do you? What age do you hit? where your kid is now, it's no longer about equal playing time. It is about talent, winning, yada, yada, yada. It's probably like a teeter-totter, right? It starts okay. everyone's equal as they get older, and then when it gets to a certain point, it starts to shift, yeah. and different variables come into play. But uh, for me, I think until they really hit that growth spurt, the puberty in those areas, then, you know, we still try to get kids minutes because they're growing. They're going to be, you know, they change so much over that period. But, and commitment levels change once you get to that eighth, ninth grade area too. And then that's when we really decide, okay, who's in, who's here, who, who has aspirations, things like that. But again, I, 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 I do believe younger players do need to have an opportunity to play. Is it 50% of the games? Are there rules? No, but I think our coaches should strive to make sure if kid shows up, kids got to play. Yeah. And it's not just for the last five minutes of a game regardless. And that's right. that's a skill for us as coaches is being able to get kids in the game, get them what they need, but still managing the game so, you know, we don't lose the game or, or whatever it is too because we still want to win those games. But right. it is a skill. Well, because you, like devil's advocate, you have, it's it's tough on both sides, right? Because, you you know, we've, we talk about parents all the time, but you have parents coming at you. You have one, well, yeah. I pay too much for my kid to sit on the bench. And then on the other hand, you have, I pay too much for us not to play to win, right? Yes. So it is trying to, it is a difficult position that you all are in all the time yeah. to try to find, because you do want to win. That's, you know, let's yeah, not get definitely. it twisted. Y'all want to win. I mean, from my perspective, it's, it's, it's tough a little bit, obviously, too. So it all depends on the beginning of the season meetings, too. We go through the expectations, obviously, for the season, too. Uh, we talked about you know, maybe what level did we place the teams to if they're like a maybe in a top brackets or lower brackets of the league or something like that. That makes a huge difference for us, too. So if you're in a top bracket leagues, obviously, too, we want to make sure that's usually when you – when uh, winning comes, obviously, at a maybe one of the top priorities as well, too. I would say usually when they turn that U13 boys bracket or girls bracket, either way, when they play 11v11, obviously, too, that's when you start selecting pretty much, you know, who might play a little bit longer, who might play a little bit less. But deep down, as Kyle is saying, I think, like, as they're younger, we always do, like, a, everybody has to play equal amount of time obviously in the field we want to make sure everybody plays everybody travels but yeah a later age group obviously you try to be 
try to do a little bit more selective, I would say. Uh, top players, obviously, and it all depends how much the kids put into the practice, how much efforts do they put into it. You want to make sure you can reward players as well, too. Obviously, too, you know, to have that success at the end, too, team success, you have to evaluate the players as well, too. Who's putting that time? Who's working hard? Who's um, trying to do their best? Who's trying to be a leader in the field? Who's trying to be a role model for the team and stuff like that? So everything plays, you know, in the package. Obviously, what do we look for as well, too? So deep down, I think, like, uh, you know, players are the one who have to step up as well, too. We as a coaches, we are here to help him, to guide him. But deep down, obviously, too, you know, you have to pull, pull your part of the work as well, too. Same thing with the uh, best players in the world, for example, example with the Messi and Ronaldo. They practice, you know, with their things, but they spend about at least like three extra hours working on their own as well, too. Are they working at home? Are they working on a straining conditioning? Are they working on a speed? Are they working just to playing with their kids in the backyard? Passing, receiving, that's part of their work as well, to a routine, just to make sure they can relax mentally right. and physically prepare for the next upcoming games as well, too. So so there's a lot of variables, obviously, to how we as a coaches make decision, how to play players, who plays the most, who plays the less. Obviously, with the tournaments, obviously, too, you know, our goal is with the tournaments, if you go travel to biggest tournaments, too, obviously, we want to make sure we can win the games as well, too. So... We might put some players that play more, some less, but in the league games, pretty much everybody plays equal amount of time, I would yeah, say. Yeah, exactly, and you know, I'm glad you talked about that, because like yep. the league, so for like our nine-year-olds to 12-year-olds, we play in the EIYSL, the Eastern Iowa Youth Soccer League. It's a coalition of clubs from Eastern Iowa yep. who all have similar goals and objectives for player yep. development, one of which is making sure kids get to play, and so that clubs are not stacking teams at 9, 10, 11, 12 just to try to win games. Yes. And you know, not that that's ever been done. It, in, I mean, it, it has, Iowa. it has, yeah. and yeah. you know, but we all have the the objective of it to trying to put the needs of the kids first, right? Which is, you know, especially when they're this young, you know, athleticism takes a big front seat to wins. If you got a team full of athletic kids, probably could win a lot of games. So let's not lose out on the little kids who are really crafty and technical, um, but they're not effective because they can't run and and work at that same level, but. We're proud to be members of that league and, and, and trying to be progressive with how we run our league because our rules are a little bit different than, you know, how some other leagues are run, and, but it with the intention to give the best possible opportunities to young players. And that's what parents need to really, really understand and buy in. Buy in, right? And yes. we talked about it last week when it was, you know, don't worry about the other kid on the field. Don't worry. I mean, if you're doing your job, you don't have to worry about playing time or how much playing time your kids going to get or if yeah. they're not like you like who was it was it uh lombardi who said do your job was it lombardi yep. see like see i can drop some knowledge every <laughs> once in a while like do your job that's it that's all you have to worry about don't worry then it doesn't matter if you're hustling it doesn't matter but you know like you said you all it, it just can't be a couple nights at practice it has to be at home and that has to be the parent what are you doing when no one's watching yeah. right what are what are you putting into it so, so to give you perspective, for example, just the one example as I was growing up in you in Europe, for example, you come back from school, the first thing what do you do instead of doing your homework, you're out on the street with the soccer ball. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do every day, you know, and that's how how that extra work helps you obviously to become a player that you want to be, obviously too. 
We go to the soccer practice maybe three times a week or something like that. When we come back, we know every day when you come back home, you're on the ball, you kick the ball, you pass the ball, you, you play pickup with your friends. But you do something extra, obviously, too, that is going to help you out, develop a little bit more, and actually probably even make you you know, physically and mentally stronger and be prepared for the game as well, too. So that extra work, it does make a difference in a player development as well, too. And, and so I ran a, a grassroots course this last weekend with coaches from the area, and one of the best components of the – we had a good conversation about, well, why are, we, why are our players behind – in this country and it's because we don't watch it enough either so yeah. He, yeah we're talking about putting time in with the ball or playing well what about just watching a game and That's just right, watching yeah. players play and trying to aspire to be like those players and and again developing a culture of um being able to talk sports talk soccer because you know myself included i you know from iowa i, I could talk football, basketball, baseball, whatever, with all my friends. Mm -hmm. um, but who can I really talk soccer with? It's this guy. Yeah. yeah. And then the other guy. <laughs> right. Pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so there's not a there's the not guys a guys with the cool yeah. accents. Yeah. Right? So I'm the oddball yes. now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's a big component. It doesn't always have to be the ball and the running and the getting more physically fit, but just taking some time to watch the game and appreciate the game and, and parents as well, right? So if you're watching your teams play and it doesn't look like it does on TV, <laughs> then maybe maybe there's something a little bit backwards. Definitely. So we're tr we're trying to we're trying to bridge the gap. <laughs> so it looks like it does on TV, but a lot of the teams we you know that we interact with or play with, our parents have this expectation that it's get the ball forward as fast as you can, smash it in. Mm -hmm. You know, don't involve as many. You know, it's me and this other kid just scoring all the goals. Like, well, does that is that what it looks like on TV? Because if we're really trying to emulate. The, the highest level we should we should try to make it look like the highest Definitely. level in the best way we can now do we have the players to do that yeah that's our job to get them at least competent but it needs right. to like it needs to look like yeah. kind of on tv right do you right. know what i like the most honestly too when we traveled to the regional tournament when we were the coaching staff were at the mls game you know oh, yeah, cincinnati, cincinnati yeah colorado yeah. played and we had like a what five or six teams actually on the stands actually with us when with their parents and then coaching staff was there i honestly i haven't had like a blast in the years like that <laughs> that's honestly, great too it's been a it's electrifying atmosphere it's different. it's different yeah everything was so different i mean coaches were really relaxed we had fun kids were relaxed folks are relaxed but that's kind of stadium atmosphere and being in a crowd and supporting the teams playing it's 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 awesome honestly i think like we should probably like organize these kind of events too that we can take you know a couple of cedar valley teams once in a while maybe into kansas city or minnesota That's a great idea. or chicago or something like that when they do play and just have that closure bonding a little bit more and i think it's going to reshape our culture as a club as well too and makes us even stronger and closer and be up you know closer as a unit as well too so well it's like you know i've always said you know when a soccer enrollment goes up around the world cup time or you know at the olympic time it's why because those little kids can finally see themselves out there so yeah. if they're at a game you know they can envision oh maybe one day i could be playing in front of all of these you know people and this is the thing like for people i i think that in this country it's like if you love football you can't possibly love soccer too right <laughs> yeah. like you just can't you just can't possibly love soccer I will always encourage people to watch the World Cup. And yes. I was not like, you know, a soccer fan until I met my husband. And then it was like, you know, he's from Argentina. And then I couldn't find him 
for a few hours when they lost like one of the world cups and he was yeah. it was like a sob i was like why are you seriously crying like what are you like <laughs> but yeah. it's a country yeah it's a whole other thing it's this pride and you get sucked into it definitely yeah. like you get sucked in and it's amazing to watch especially with your kids for for us honestly i think i believe it would be very good that we even organize some kind of events here when we have a, like a good soccer games on tv somewhere Watch parties mm -hmm. yeah go somewhere Maybe even a, like a pool, like a folded TV or something like that in the backyards, couple of chairs, have a little barbecue or whatever, and maybe. It's a great idea, Alden. You no, know, honestly, I mean, it would be I'll great. Organize so. it. It's good. That's a good idea. <laughs> so. No, to get the hype and get yeah, the buy-in and get. I, mean, I think uh, other people, um, you know, I mean, there is that difference though. People think they know soccer because simply because they watch I it would, on Sunday. I would honestly wish that you guys been part of the experience in Europe, for example, when we watch the game, obviously too, when. We were not able to go in the stadiums or something like because they were packed. So we would go at home and entire neighborhood, you know, open up the windows. Everybody's watching the game. And then all of a sudden, when, when they score the goals, you can actually see like a screams, like a music wave throughout the That's neighborhood. So cool. That's so cool. Excitement about, you know, about the team scoring and, and just having like a, that vibe and seeing the excitement of the people from a different cultures and stuff like that. It's something like it, you you can't even explain in the picture, honestly, too. That's how everybody was excited, you know, watching the game, cheering for their teams and just like being so excited about it as well, too. So, well, And I think we have a problem in this country of watching sports. It has to be, you know, high intensity, lots of scoring, lots yeah. of everything all the time. Like basketball football it's got to be high scoring i mean that even like like baseball and soccer and nascar it's 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 kind of you know it's just it's not always exciting right but if you learn to appreciate moments right so ball gets into the attacking half and someone whips in across and someone heads in it just goes over the bar man what a moment that was mm -hmm. and yes. everyone's like ah yeah, you know right. like, you know and, and learning to appreciate those two three four moments in a game because the rest of the game is it's skill. It's the ability to keep a ball, move a ball. And those of you who have not played soccer before, it's very difficult to yes. do what they're doing. I think, well, that's funny. Appreciate it. Growing up, I'm not playing soccer. You don't even use your hands. It's, no. it's like, <laughs> it's actually harder. I mean, it's yes. so, it is hard. And, um, and it, so that's why I love going. There's nothing better than being at the complex. I think it was, for me, it was like moonlight. Before the Moonlight Classic and all the lights were on at the complex and you just see these kids of all ages and they're out there and they're playing and the older kids and they're moving in that formation. Like, I'm such a nerd about it. Like, you know, we, we did the drone footage and you can see these kids moving in this formation and you're just like, these are still kids and now they just, they, they got it now, right? Together. Yeah. They're doing something together. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not like we're out there calling timeouts and stopping play. It's something that they've worked on as a group, and now they're doing it on their own accord, right? right? We're not out there moving them. They're moving as a unit of Definitely, 11 yeah. players together because of the understanding of what they have, yeah. You know, you just said something right now. I don't think people realize this. Y'all don't call timeouts. I mean, no. literally, these kids are on that field for like 60, 90 minutes just running, it's and it's 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 Iowa, so it's either you know <laughs> Satan's kitchen outside, or you know it's like a blizzard. So there's yeah. never any in between weather when they're playing out there. I mean these are, these are athletes, these kids who are, especially well, these kids in high school. They're think they have to be thinkers, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know, the decisions they have to make, they have to make it from what they see that's in front of them, right? We can't stop it, call a play, and say okay. We're going to run this and see what happens. I can't look yeah. at the defense and say okay, we're going to do this. They have to 
evaluate what's in front of them, what's behind them, and make the best decision in that moment. And that picture changes every time they receive the ball or every time the ball moves, the, the picture changes. So being able to adapt and make a decision based on what you see is incredibly challenging. Right. What I've noticed about all your, all you two and then all the other coaches that you have at the club is that you are never yelling just to yell. Does that make sense? You know, every other sport I've been to, you coaches are losing their minds on the sidelines, you know, or at half court or whatever. They're losing their minds, but they're not saying anything. They're not instructing anything. You know, you if, if somebody gets scored on or somebody misses this or somebody misses that, like you just... Why is that so important that it's you're still teaching in that moment? Perception of what coaching is, right? Is coaching running up and down the sidelines, giving constant information to kids, or is it giving them information in a, in a, in a small moment? I mean, I think if we're doing our jobs correctly, the kids, have, like I told you just previously, the kids have to be able to make the decision. I can't make the decision yeah. for you because right. otherwise you're going to constantly be looking at me and saying, okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't got time for that. You got you to gotta yeah. make a decision. You're on the other side of the field. Who are you looking for? You have to use your skill set and evaluate and make a decision. If it's the wrong decision, then we can, you know, circle back and potentially have a conversation of, well, what could we have done differently? Yeah. So to no Bobby Knight throwing the chair in the field. I mean, that'd <laughs> I mean, be entertaining. No. I, I mean, mean I pay to see it. <laughs> to me personally, obviously, too, uh, in the first five minutes of the game, I could pretty much see which player needs more help, which players need more less help, obviously, with instructions, too. So I like to be laid back a little bit just to observe a little bit observe the environment a little bit more in the first five minutes and just make a decision do i need to step up a little bit more with the more instructions or not obviously as you've seen me with the united and 10 last year if i give a let's say a particular player instruction and that particular player is doing the all same mistakes all over again then mm -hmm. you probably see me increasing my pitch of voice a little bit just to making sure that he he or she can hear me obviously at that absolutely point. yeah and then give him a right instruction just to make sure a Johnny, hey, this is what I want you to do. So just make sure, you know, you open up this way, pass the ball this way, go make that penetrating run in this space and such as. And if he or she is not doing the same thing, then on this halftime, I specifically like to spend a little bit more time with that player just to making sure that he or she is able to perform everything what coaches are asking to do in a game as well, too. You all do something very skillful. And I don't even think you, I don't know, I don't know if you realize you do it or if you have training in the fact that you do it, but yet, you talk and you train every kid differently because you recognize that you have to. You have to, yes. not, right? Because not everybody can be coached the same way. Correct. So what? A lot of most coaches don't do that. Most coaches they have their way, and they you've heard them say it's well. It's my if you don't like it, get out. Well, and I I touched on in the last episode, <clears throat> coach centered versus player centered, right? right? So coach centered is my way or the highway. It's about yep. me. It's about you doing what I want you to do. And player-centered is connecting with each individual kid, trying to understand to the best of your ability what their needs are. Now, I can't give each kid 15 minutes a day of attention, no. but you know, trying to make some sort of meaningful connection with each kid each day, whether it's greeting them when they come, you know, positive praise during practice, coaching points, just making sure you get to each kid so you can better understand who they are, what they are, what they need, because every kid is completely different. Each kid correct. needs something different. You know, right. and that's, and that's, and you're right. It is, it is a skill and we, it's just something you just got to do. The more you coach, the more you get better about recognizing cues and needs. And it's, it's really easy to coach the good players. Right. It's really good and really easy to coach the good players. And, um, one, you know, um, 
thing that stuck with me is one of the, a coaching mentor I had at a course. He said, you know, there's kids that have holes in their hearts, right? And it's our job as coaches to fill those voids if we can, because you just never know, you know, what's going on in a kid's life. So they might show up with a big hole and it's your job to try to fill that. And then, yeah. and some kids like act out or they do different things because something's missing, right? So then we as coaches and and some and we need to be better about it too is recognizing these things and not getting just stuck in yes. it's got to be soccer it's got to be practice but trying to to have that meaningful connection with a kid and say how can i help what can we do to to make you whole i think is is really important for us as coaches yeah, yeah that's it, great i think Kyle is making a good point honestly too we have a players in the teams with the different talents different emotional stabilities as well too especially going through the pandemic year and coming back with everything like everybody acts or reacts differently on the field as right. well too so we as a coaches if we would you know if we do our job obviously as a coaches too we want to make sure that these kids are properly trained properly guided obviously through through this journey with the you know with the practices and games and everything throughout the season so we want to make sure that they go through everything that we want them to go through just to making sure that everything is done properly, obviously, too. Uh, on the field, I mean, you have a different players, uh, different emotions, like I said, for example. Uh, you have to have a different approach with different players as well, too. Some kids are a little bit, you know, softer in the field. Some kids are harder a little bit, you know, on the tackles or when they have to, you know, make those runs and stuff like that. So... Anytime when they have an issue or a problem, you tackle those issues differently a little bit too. So sure. you either have a softer voice, you have a higher pitch voice and stuff like that with some kids because it it makes a huge difference obviously too. If you have a higher voice with the kids that are really soft on the field too, they will start crying obviously too. <laughs> They're going to shut down and that makes a huge difference for a team as uh. well too. So. You have to be careful. And I think parents well. also, you know, my recommendation, my advice, my unsolicited advice is um, let, let the coach do what they need to do because your kid may be a completely different kid than they are at home Definitely. and they're on the field. Like I, I have a daughter who is shy in person, but you put her on there and she'll, she'll cut a bee. Like she will <laughs> cut, like she'll knock somebody yeah. out and, and she gets bossy. She has these moments where you're like, you need to tone it down too. Like, you know, there's that blurring of the line between leader and bossy. Yeah. Right, especially as a female, you've got to find the happy medium. So that's yes. why I really encourage parents just don't give advice, don't shout from the sidelines about how your kid needs to handle it, don't yell at the coach if they look at your son or daughter cross eyed, or you know, worry when the coach stops talking to your kid. Like, yeah. so I will give you one example uh -oh. with, with your own son, Nico. Oh, God, here <laughs> we were at the TBK yeah. about a year ago, yeah, and he was a, he was a goalkeeper at that point, you know. He conceded a couple of goals. I think mm -hmm. like your husband was on the sideline. I was next to him. And then all of a sudden, like, Aniko starts, you know, cracking down, like, crying, mm -hmm. bawling and stuff like that. And the first thing what he did, he looked at his dad, obviously, mm -hmm. too. And I was giving him instruction. I said, like, Aniko, look at me. And he was still, like, uh, you know, not recognizing the coaches or anything like that. And then what I did, I almost got, like, a timeout, and I walked on the field. Mm -hmm. And I stood in front of him, and I said, like, Aniko, just relax, you know coach is here how can i help you and then he started recognizing you know that there's an issue that we're here to help him out obviously too right and then he started listening he says this is the issue that's the issue i said like this is how we can resolve this issue 
and he was fine in the 30 seconds he was right. good to go right so, they look for the parents so just a simple thing that i think my from, husband was probably waiting for you just to yeah, tell me put him in his place <laughs> like you know please put yeah. him in his place coach but that's that is that's and and you handled it yeah you handled it right and that's what i think a lot of parents they don't get they think that they know they're they're we, we all think as parents we think we know our kids the best which we do not when they're in their zone not when they're doing their their sport or they're doing their but, thing you know honestly uh, I was once a coach who yelled a lot as well too. And I evolved really? as a coach too, honestly too. And in the past, I I was a young coach. I was evolving, I was learning and everything. So I think like in my coaching perspective, my coaching philosophy kind of like it changes probably like I would say eight or nine years ago, a little bit more, because I want to make sure that I start listening as well too. Sure. So. You know, probably like maybe eight or nine years ago, I would probably yell at Nico a little bit more. But this time I realized, you know, through my coaching courses, through going through all of these educations and stuff like that, I honestly realized that it's there's nothing that you can do differently that, you know, could kind of like turn the situation down. But I can do differently, actually, because emotional stages with the kids that they're going through this at this point, especially with the pandemics, it does change perspective. How do we coach and how do we approach those kids and athletes as well? What too. if you What if you know your kid needs to be <laughs> like? No, what honestly, if one I mean, of those parents like go ahead? I coached my son when he was uh, when he was like a I would say eight or nine years old. So I had a different approach with my son too. You sure. know, my wife was always say like a Why are you putting your son in a bench? I said like a, the only reason why I'm putting my son in the bench is because <clears throat> I coach his team. And if I put him in a lineup, I'm sure the folks are going to, you know, You're complain right, about it too. Mm -hmm. So I always start him in a bench, even though he was probably in a top five players of that team. I remember reading his name often in the headlines you know, when definitely. I was still on the so, news. So, yeah. And then at the same point, I, I asked the, the leadership to that time, you know, what a, I want to change the coach. I want to be a coach of this team. Let somebody else take my son's coaching you know, team and stuff like that, that we can actually have much more closure mean he's in the sun and the you know you don't want to put are. strain on your relationship no honestly too no. I mean, and, and that's rare though to have a, a father coach his son yeah, and not definitely. put him because you know a lot of parents have rose-colored glasses on well they're either too hard on their kid or they're not hard on the kid at all i so. think i think people this is my personal opinion i think people who were not athletes but they're living vicariously through their child they will put their child on this pedestal i think the people yeah. who were athletes they will be harder on their own kid and they will, you know, bench them and do that. That's just yeah. my personal. I mean, it's not that I was hard on my kid, honestly, too. But I did like what every coach, I would say, in my opinion, should do. If you do coach your kids in a team, I think like, you know, I always thought it this way, you know, instead of like parents are always complaining about it. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to put my son maybe on a bench first. But he played the same minutes as everybody else, you know. Once a while, I put him as a starting, but I always try to make a balance, obviously, too. Right. Which sometimes, you know, in a life, obviously, you do have a folks that are really hard-headed a little bit, too. Especially, you know, if you put your own kids in front of everybody else and praising them a little bit more. So I said, like, you know what, let me make a balance a little bit as well, too. So I'm going to put you all on the spot before we go because I, I really want to get to the bottom of this because yeah. it's my greatest... Um, I don't know. It's like investigative journalism for me. So you have somebody who comes up through rec, right? Rec program in most areas ends at eighth grade, correct? 
for Cedar Valley. Yeah. For yes. Cedar Valley, so that ends in eighth grade. You're not playing on the same size field that you're going to be playing in when you get to high school. Okay, so they have a coach. Let's say you know I, I'm a coach. I coach rec soccer. I, I'm not a coach, please. You don't want me as a coach for soccer. But let's say I'm a coach, and I'm a coach because I played high school soccer, and I know soccer, and I watch soccer on Sundays. So why thank would you, you? Thank you for volunteering, by the way. Yeah, no, absolutely, one hundred percent not. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so why would I, as a parent, she Amanda played soccer in high school, and she knows soccer, and she's married to a foreign guy, and he loves soccer. Why would I pay for you to coach soccer, or you to? Co- why would I pay for that? If I don't want to, you know, like, I just want it because I try to explain it to people and I just can't, right? I say, well, we have professional coaches. Well, so-and-so, they're coach and they played soccer and they know soccer. So what is the, I know, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Well, no, I, it's I mean, one of those things I'm trying <clears throat> to explain it to, for people. Yeah, and there's and there's really good parent coaches, volunteer coaches mm-hmm. that can really help kids and have played at a level. Um, but again, we we offer, you know, with the with the... The United program, it is a more you know a more competitive environment. It's more like-minded kids that you know if you're around better players, you're going to get better. If you're the best kid in your environment, that's not a good spot for you to be in. If you if you have ambitions to go um, and play at a high level, you it's not good for you to be the best player because who's going to push you? And and some kids can't push themselves. Right. Um, and then we've got a lot of really talented coaches that can really break down things to the the minute technical level of how to pass a ball, dribble a ball. You know, what parts of the foot can you dribble with, shoot with, you know, and, you know, even something simple as your your body shape, your angles, your distances of support, you know, th- things like that is being around people who, who've been through it, who've played at a high level, coached at a high level and say, we're going to give you the best oper- environment to prepare you to be the best player you can be. We can give you an environment and activities and, and things like that to get you there. But you need to, again, circle back. You need to put the time in mm-hmm. when you're there, when you're not there to get to where you need to be. We'll give you a good environment with good people. But it, there, there, is a, there is a difference. And I think most people would agree there is a difference between a club player um, and just a player that plays recreationally or, or seasonally, whatever it is. I mean, it, it's it's more, right? More More time with better players, better coaches. Any activity you do, the more you do it, Mm-hmm. the better you're going to be. And if right. you do it with really good people, you're going to also get better as well. Right. And I, th- I always I always tell people, I'm like, well, just look at the scores for the two. And I yeah. like, I like I want any kid playing soccer. I think it's a great game for kids of all ages, whether you want to play rec or, you know, like whatever. It's play soccer. But the difference is, and you can go to a rec game, it's 10 nothing. Yes. Maybe 10 nothing. You go to, <clears> a, <throat> you know, a club game, <clears throat> maybe it's 1-1, one, one, one nothing. Maybe there's no game, yes. like no score. And it's because the level of player, the, it's a different kind of defense. Yep. It's, a, it's, it's more passing. It's skill base. It's not just, it's not giving yeah. the ball to the quickest kid on the field and just go take it. If both teams are doing what they need to be doing, the, the score will be low. Right. It'll be low. And that's, and that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be, you know, baseball scores and things like that. That's exciting for people, right? We want to see lots of goals, but I personally think that low scoring games are more exciting because like we so talked too. about like the, yes. the number of chances to score goals it just creates excitement and opportunities and you know scores eight to six and Susie had eight of the eight goals and <laughs> right. you know yeah. it's like okay well that was great but you know so back in Philadelphia we'll just say back in Philadelphia okay there was a young woman she was you know a tween she was dominant in her rec dominant so she switched over to their club their travel soccer and she was doing the same thing that she was doing in rec. 
she was standing close to midfield and just booting it. And she was getting stuffed every time. And her parents were getting so frustrated, so frustrated. And so some of the parents, this is, you can't do that. And the coach benched her because that's not what this is. Yeah. And that, I mean, in this, you know, she's developing into a great player, you know, a good player, but it's, she still has that mentality and she wants to do that because that's, she scored every goal for their team. They'd be winning like eight, nothing because she could, they could just give the ball to her there. Cherry pick, huh? Right. (laughs) You use physical attributes, right? And I think. It's the, a strong leg. <laughs> yeah, the cl- the club, you know, club soccer is the the goal is to develop brave, skillful, and thoughtful players, right? Who can read a situation and execute based on what's in front of them, not just I've got, you know, one trick pony, get it, chase it, get mm-hmm. it, kick it. Well, if I can't if I can't, you know, get behind them, we got to play in front of them. Well, you got to be able to change how you play too, right? And being able to read that situation. One of our little neighbor friends, he switched over to the United program. And he got in the car, and we were carpooling the other day, first week of practice, and he says, he's like, I feel like I'm playing like Ronaldo. And it was <laughs> it was the most adorable <clears throat> thing because nice. he's never learned that kind of stuff before because he came from, so, uh, you know, like, that to me was, that was that excitement. And he's like, I'm, I'm hurting. He was, like, sore everywhere, but he's like, that's nothing like I used to play. No, honestly, I mean, let's say on Monday practice with U9 and U10s when we – introduced that first practice we did to uh, stations and drills and everything so there's a couple of parents came after the game they said after the practice they said like hey coach this is something exciting new we mm-hmm. never seen this before and i said yeah this is what you know academy is all about i mean you guys are going to be pushed a little bit more there's going to be much more structure much more learning you have a staff who knows what they're doing staff who is going to actually lead you guide you through the process as well too that you can actually succeed, you know, with soccer. Right. So, and as Kyle is saying, I mean, it's a difference, you know, between a, obviously select or recreational side. Obviously, the, uh, the, there's much more to it, honestly, too. You talk about a structure, more structure, professional coaches, uh, different environment a little bit, practice environment, game environment. There's much more excitement to it, it, it much more passion about when they play the game as well too they're competing again against the toughest teams obviously in the state of iowa you know with recreational side it's nothing that i want to say bad about you know the the volunteer coaches or anything like that no they're but, great they're fantastic but you know right. they're doing a great job obviously mm-hmm. too with the expertise that they already have but at the same time there's a limits obviously too yeah kids come there pretty much maybe to socialize have fun as well too mm-hmm. you know practice twice a week uh, most of them practice maybe in a park, recreational, like a sites or something like that. But with a, you know, select travel, beautiful complex, beautiful environment. You know, some of the practices are actually, you know, going into the night under the lights as well too. Mm-hmm. So that kind of closer excitement, it's something that you want to replicate actually and show the kids what really this new program is. You know, we're all under United program now, so. And there's something cool about watching, you know, it's your kids stepping on the field with their crosstown <coughs> rivals. Yes, You know, definitely. for their school, and they're all playing together for our community, for like this big chunk of, you know, yep. Iowa. That is. We are Cedar Valley. We're not yes. Cedar Falls, Waterloo. Nope. We're not any of these small, we are a collection of players, coaches from different places. <laughs> right. Coming together to represent Cedar Valley, our area. It's crazy. Love it. And honestly, this year when we 
ran especially the summer camp with his biggest success about 260 kids went through the camps and this is the first time in a club's history that we had like 260 kids with the four different communities join us and had a blast over the last four weeks we're going to continue doing this definitely with the winner as well too if we have a spacing we'll try to work with some schools some areas businesses maybe too that we can actually offer these kind of things in the winter time as well too i think it's great and it's going to change the you know the culture of the club itself too bringing more kids more uh, excitement to the program is going to reshape the program itself too and we can start start finally seeing like a much more uh excitement much more different programming and system as well too that we can actually start competing and have that success down at the end of the season as well too guys thanks for being here again parents trust the process yes trust the process you know <laughs> trust the process from the international guys with or, the cool voices or no soccer for you you're gonna end with that i thought you were gonna do like yeah. a little uh soup nazi soup nazi no more soup for you <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for being here thanks so much to pixel labs and Thank rock you. gym often imitate how to do it. see you next week